Coming up this evening on NTD Business. House Republicans tell Twitter to keep all records related to Elon Musk's takeover bid. Is this the hint they want to investigate Twitter in the future? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis strips Disney of its self-governing status. But are Floridian taxpayers on the hook? The American Dream, Antonio Steele, the flooring king. Making money is not what it's all about. Giving back what it's all about. How did he go from $400 to a multi-millionaire? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Paul Graney here, live from New York City. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just signed the bill stripping Disney of its self-governing status. But what are the economic consequences? Will taxes rise for Floridians? Entity's fake quarter has the details. Now that it seems Disney will have to let go of its self-governing status, officials say taxpayers may suffer unintended consequences. For over 50 years, Disney has had its own little government in Reedy Creek, including the power to tax the residents. It's also racked up over a billion dollars in debt. And the taxes that they pay to this government will now get paid to a different government. Florida Representative Randy Fine filed the House legislation to take away Disney's self-governing status. Fine says Floridians generally won't see higher taxes when the district dissolves. It's its own government and they racked up the debt, but they also had the revenues to be able to pay for the debt. And those revenues and the associated debt will revert to the counties from which it came. Reedy Creek is inside both Osceola County and Orange County. Orange County tax collector Scott Randolph says if the Reedy Creek Improvement District is dissolved, the counties will have to pay for government services Disney used to pay for, such as the fire department, sewer services, and road maintenance, as well as the debt. He estimates taxes in Orange County may rise 15 to 20 percent to pay for all this. Either side, I don't think, has really thought through the whole consequences of repealing that district. Paul Chesser is a director at the National Legal and Policy Center, a Disney shareholder. Chesser says the consequences are uncertain, but Disney is definitely paying a price. It's kind of uh, kind of the Wild West out there. We don't know where it's going. It's, it's kind of fun to watch. The dissolution is set to take effect in June of next year. Faye Quarter, NTD News. You'll remember America's largest public pension fund, CalPERS, was in the news earlier this week. It wants to dump Warren Buffett as chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Buffett acquired the company in the 1960s and built it into the powerhouse it is today. CalPERS didn't come up with the idea to remove Buffett itself. The proposal was first put forward by the National Legal and Policy Center, another Berkshire shareholder. It says nobody should be both the chairman and CEO of Berkshire at the same time. It's bad corporate governance. With us is the chairman of the National Legal and Policy Center, Peter Flaherty. Peter, great to see you. Good to see you. Peter, Berkshire shares are up, what, 25% in the past year, 100% in the past five years, so you're not satisfied? Well, uh, Berkshire shares have done very well over the years, over the decades. Uh, Buffett has had some significant misses. Of course, his most recent success is due to a large stake in Apple. And uh, it could be that st- tech stocks are in for a little bit of a fall soon, so we'll have to see. You put the blame down to Buffett in this dual role? Well, I don't know if it's credit or blame. Uh, it's just um, appropriate corporate governance to have management be management. And uh, 
board of directors be board of directors. The two should not mix. Uh, I guess you've had kind of an unusual situation with Berkshire because it's been sort of a cult of personality. But Warren Buffett is 91 years old. Uh, it's a big company. He's not going to live forever, although he told Charlie Rose the other day that he has no plans to retire. So what we're doing is looking uh, ahead, and uh, the company should certainly have an independent chairman, somebody who's not a member of the management team. So you are concerned about his age and possibly succession. Yes. And, um, you know, has he lost his fastball? I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's a large public company. If he wants to run it like his own personal fiefdom, he should take it private, or he should have done that years ago. Uh, as shareholders, uh, we just believe that there's more accountability when management is management and uh, governance is governance. So you're not happy with his performance? Well, I don't know if it's a question of performance. Um, Buffett is uh, a key member of the financial establishment in this country. Um, I would argue that he's been cut in on inside deals unavailable to other investors. Uh, I don't like the fact that he uh, has been an advocate for raising taxes, which means uh, taxes will rise for the middle class, not so much for the billionaires. And uh, with all the concerns about falling wages in this country, rising inflation, uh, and uh, wealth uh, disparity. Um, I think he represents a lot of what's bad about American capitalism, not what's good about American capitalism. Would he agree with these accusations of insider deals? Well, uh, they were plain for the world to see uh, in the wake of the financial crisis in 2008. Uh, Goldman Sachs was about to go broke and the government stepped in and prevented short sellers from taking the company down. Uh, you know, the corner grocery store, when it was going out of business, didn't, uh, didn't get rescued by the government. Uh, and then Buffett was offered a large stake in the company and preferred shares at a very good price with a very high interest rate, a deal that you or I could not have taken advantage of if we wanted to. Should shareholders not just find another company then? Well, that's the argument, and I'm sure that's the argument that Berkshire will make, that if you don't like uh, what's happening with a company, just sell the securities. That is one uh, option, but another option is for shareholders to exercise their rights as shareholders. That's what we're doing. Buffett owns a lot of Berkshire, but he doesn't own the whole thing. Uh, the rest of us have some rights, too. CalPERS is a big ally for you. Are you talking to any others? No. Um, well, well, yes, we've invited uh, big shareholders like BlackRock and Vanguard to support our proposals this year. Um, CalPERS, I think, is a real breakthrough, even though their agenda may be a bit different than ours. We hope that it will lead the way and uh, allow other big institutional investors to consider supporting our proposal. Peter Flaherty, National Legal and Policy Center. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. You too. And House Republicans are asking Twitter's board to preserve all records related to Musk's takeover attempt. It's in light of Congress's examination of big tech and free speech concerns. If Republicans take back the House in the midterms, they could launch an investigation into Twitter. The records would be valuable. Republicans have repeatedly accused Twitter of censorship, saying it has a bias against conservative voices. Twitter denies the claims. 
A U.S. senator is calling out the two richest men in America, claiming that they're using NASA like an ATM machine by using taxpayer money to fund their personal space race. Bernie Sanders says Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, who combined are worth nearly half a trillion dollars, are taking advantage of U.S. federal funding. U.S. space agency NASA recently awarded SpaceX and Amazon $70 million apiece to fund their space satellite programs. But Sanders is saying instead of opening up space for exploration, maybe we might be opening up space for corporate greed and exploitation. And several major cities in the U.S. have casinos, but not Chicago. With the second highest debt in the nation after New York City, Chicago is rolling the dice in its first ever casino. The city's move has met with strong resistance from area communities. Anthony's Olin Richards has the details. The city of Chicago recently announced three finalists for its first casino site. The proposed locations have sparked many residents' concerns about noise, traffic, crime, and gambling addiction. The Bally's Casino Complex is simply the wrong project for this location. Brian Israel is president of River North Residents Association. He spoke on behalf of its 23,000 member residents on Bally's proposed location. The additional strain on infrastructure, noise, lighting, traffic, and impact on property values are unreasonable burdens to place on the surrounding community. Tom Shear, president of an area condominium association, is concerned about increasing crime rates. But how is the city going to be able to stop the bad guys from coming in and adding to that once they find out there are people with money coming into the neighborhood, uh, going to the casino or departing the casino? Grace Chan McKibben heads up the Coalition for a Better Chinese American Community, a nonprofit organization focusing on community advocacy. She says people in Chicago's Chinatown are already suffering gambling addiction from gambling in nearby Indiana. Everybody knows about families that have been devastated by uh, gambling addiction, so there's concern about um, having easier access to casinos, and that might increase the number of people that are addicted to gambling. Byron Sigcho Lopez is the alderman for Chicago's 25th Ward, which includes Chinatown. He says the mayor's time frame of two months to decide on a $1.7 billion project is extremely short. Every time that we have rushed decisions without including the voice of the residents that we represent, we have seen issues in the long term. However, Jenny Bennett, the city's chief financial officer, says Chicago is in dire need for a new revenue stream to help bridge the city's financial gap. This casino project is a critical recurring revenue source to help assuring up the city's police and fire pension funds, as well as solidify the city's financial health. The revenues generated from the casino project will allow the city to avoid raising taxes, in particular property taxes, the few viable alternatives for addressing a pension liability of this magnitude. This project is expected to create well-paying jobs, currently estimated at between 6,835 to 19,000 new construction and operational jobs for a $1.7 billion project. The city of Chicago is trying to wrap up the bid in the next two months. How casino operators and city leaders will address the residents' concerns remains to be seen. One policy expert says America is helping Chinese companies prosper at the expense of American companies. U.S. local and state governments are subsidizing Chinese companies by giving them things like low-interest loans, free land, even cash. The East Don Ma brings us more. 
Over the past 10 years or so, U.S. state and local governments gave nearly $2 billion in aid or subsidies to Chinese firms. Rob Atkinson, economist and president of think tank Information Technology and Innovation Foundation, explains to me why the U.S. is helping out its own competitor. Pretty much every state government and many local governments want to attract businesses to their borders. It's when they want to grow their economy. By and large, they're indifferent to whether those are American companies or British companies or Chinese companies. And so they end up actually subsidizing Chinese companies to come to the United States. U.S. local and state governments are subsidizing Chinese companies by giving them things like low-interest loans, free land, or even cash. But the fact that the U.S. is helping its major competitor doesn't make sense to Atkinson. Official U.S. policy is to try to slow down China uh, because they're playing unfairly, if you will. So here we are trying to slow down China, but at the same time, state and local governments are providing subsidies to speed up China. Some of these companies that the U.S. is helping out are owned by Chinese state-owned companies. For example, between 2009 to 2013, subsidiaries of Chinese state-owned firm Aviation Industry Corp. of China got over $168 million in subsidies. As per Atkinson, this is not a good thing. You make the Chinese economy stronger. You make them stronger competitors to American companies. 20 years ago, the United States had about 60% of the solar panel production in the world, was, was right here in the United States, American workers making solar panels. Today, it's down to about 5%. The Chinese have about 65% of it. Obviously, Chinese companies putting U.S. companies out of business is a big concern. But Atkinson says there's a simple way to get local and state governments to stop helping Chinese firms. For example, Congress could pass a law that says uh, if you would like to continue to receive federal funds, such as for highways, um, you can't give money uh, to a Chinese firm. It would stop tomorrow. Atkinson highlighted the fact that the Chinese regime wants to be the world's top superpower. He says the more economic and technological strength China gets, the easier it is for it to achieve that goal. Don Ma. NTD News. And Wall Street tumbled today, many putting it down to aftermath from the Fed Chair Powell's hawkish remark yesterday. He said they may raise interest rates even faster. Today, the Dow fell 981 points, 2 and 8 tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 dropped 122 points, also 2 and 8 tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq lost 335 points, 2 and 6 tenths of a percent. In fact, it was the third straight week of losses for both the S&P and the Nasdaq, the fourth week of losses for the Dow. Housing giant Fannie Mae says a, quote, modest recession could happen later next year, but says it won't be like 2008. So if you're still looking to buy a home but don't think you can afford it, some Americans are, quote, house hacking their way to home ownership and rent-free living. Could be an option. Anthony Sean Marshall explains. Ordinary people are paying off their mortgage, living rent-free, and making residual income from something called house hacking, or ways to generate income from their homes. That's how real estate expert Keith Weinhold started his journey to wealth, by turning a $12,000 down payment into a million dollars worth of real estate, then used that equity to upgrade to larger real estate. Perhaps the best way to house hack in real estate that can build your wealth is exactly how I started. You can use an FHA loan 
with just a 3.5% down payment, live in one unit, rent out the other three units of the fourplex, you only need a minimum credit score of 580, but you just need to live in one of the units for at least 12 months yourself. Weinhold says a bankruptcy doesn't have to stop you from getting started. Even if you have a bankruptcy on your record, if you have a little trouble coming up with a 3.5% down payment, you can even take some of the out-of-pocket costs that you would have had for closing costs and roll those into the loan amount. There are a few lesser-known tactics to house hacking that don't involve moving in tenants or buying properties. There are apps made to help you rent out your pool, your yard space as a dog park, your roof to solar power companies, and even your driveway to RV owners. Or you could live in an RV and travel the world while renting your entire home out. You can even have your house classified as a farm by selling eggs, Christmas trees, vegetables, or plants. With a little research, your extra space could be making you money. Sean Marshall, NTD News. You could take inspiration from Antonio Sostil. He's a true example of the American dream. He came to the United States with only $400 to his name. Now the flooring king sits in his palace in Miami Beach, Florida. Antonio, how'd you do it? It works really, really hard. First, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I worked super, super hard. I came here many years ago, just grind super hard, many, many years dedication, focus, and I'm making it. I'm so proud. Biggest challenge? The biggest challenge was probably at the beginning when we had no income and we had no funds to start the business. So we had to struggle a little bit, but we ended up making it. What'd you do? I ended up working at the flea market. When I came from Israel, the first couple of years, I had not a lot of money to start any business. So I just needed to scrap a few dollars here and there. I ended up at the flea market selling perfumes and selling all kinds of all kind of stuff just to just to get by what's the well, when did you know you would make it it took a few years to start seeing that the um, cash flow was a little bit better and then a friend of a friend told me that they have a store in downtown miami and that's where i moved from a flea market to a retail store that i saw a different light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. why'd you start selling I started selling perfumes approximately 20 years ago, and that was the days when Miami was booming. South America was here. Everybody was here. So they will come with a lot, a lot of money. They will buy stuff to take it back to their countries. And all of a sudden, from being poor, I turned to be okay. Ever any feelings of giving up along the way? Yes, absolutely. I'm an ex-military. I've been in the military many years. And for me, giving back and seeing in my country specifically how people struggle, I knew that if one day I can make it somehow, I'm going to give back to the community. I'm a big giver. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your flooring company. Flooring King started about 20 years ago. We started buying and selling small quantities of flooring here and there. And with, um, with the years, I got together with the Habitat for Humanity nationwide as a main supplier for them. Uh, the suppliers really like the idea that I'm supplying the Habitat for Humanity. They start giving me material super inexpensive. And the next thing you know, five years into the business, I'm selling more flooring than Home Depot and Lowe's combined. It's just, I don't even know where this just showed up. How? You know, they were giving me hundreds of hundreds of containers or trucks to just basically get rid of it. They had a lot of excess inventory that had been accumulated for many years in the U.S. And the habitat was perfect because we're giving back to the community. We're building houses for people in need. And in between, I make a little bit of money and I turn the go guy to go to go get flooring in America. Tell me about some of the people you helped. 
I help a lot of military. I help a lot of first responders, police, firefighters, military, doctors, nurses, anybody. But basically, first responders is what I strive for, and I advertise it. And I also, I'm, I'm famous of doing back a lot, a lot of uh, military, specifically military. A lot of guys that's not in the country. The wife is here. She's struggling nationwide. They contact me. They find me. They know I will help, and I always show up. It's not just millions of dollars you've you've managed to amass for yourself. You've millions of followers online as well. I believe uh, over a million fans on Instagram in only two years. What's your secret? You know, I give a lot back. We do we do very well. We're growing. Flooring King is going to be one of the largest flooring company in the world now. We are looking to do stores in Europe and in here. Uh, I give a lot of back. A lot of celebrity gets back with me together to help the community. I pretty much give flooring to anybody that needs flooring. Sometimes it's with money and sometimes it's for free. So all these stories of keep giving flooring for free and helping the community turn to be natural and organic. Followers, people just love your story and they just want to support what you're doing. So these are all supporters. They're not really followers, the people that really love what we do. How do you run a business if you're giving away stuff for free? You know, we buy a lot, we sell a lot, and we always need to dedicate some kind of income that comes to you to give back to the community. Um, when you start when you start making a big in the United States and you start doing very, very well, you started to also understand that making money is not what it's all about, giving back what it's all about. And I enjoy that. Part of my success is really how much I can give back to the community. And I really, really love it. Well, if that isn't a message for a Friday evening, Antonio, I don't know what is. The flooring king, Antonio Sestile. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, sir. I appreciate you having me. Nice story. If you drive a Ford, you may need to set up an appointment with your dealer. The automaker is announcing a recall of over 650,000 vehicles. Among those affected, the 2020 and 2021 Ford F-150 pickup truck, and the 2020 and the 2021 Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator SUVs. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says windshield wipers on these vehicles may fail sooner than expected, posing a potential vision risk to the driver. Ford says it's had more than 700 reports of wiper problems, but none has led to an accident, luckily. And luxury automaker Ferrari is recalling thousands of supercars across the world because of a problem in the braking system. Anthony's Phil Zoe has the details. Ferrari is recalling thousands of its supercars, including the 458 and the 488 models. That's because of problems in the braking system. Smaller volume companies, they use that same part for a long time, so it's affecting a large number of their vehicles. I spoke to Carl Brower, executive analyst at iccars.com and an auto contributor for Forbes. But when you dig into it, it's a basically a cap, a brake reservoir cap. So this is something that you can produce pretty easily right now, unlike microchips, and you can replace pretty quickly. It should honestly just be unscrew and rescrew. Ferrari didn't say how many cars it'll recall globally, but in China alone, it's recalling over 2,000 vehicles. That amounts to recalling almost every Ferrari sold to China starting from 2018. Again, a large number of vehicles for a small automaker to have to recall, but the process is going to be pretty quick and easy, and the brand's overall reputation long-term shouldn't suffer. Shares of Ferrari fell over 3% on the news, its biggest drop in two weeks, currently trading at around $211. Phil Zoe, NTD News. Blast from the past. Still to come, stay with us. 
Amazon is sharing its prime benefits with third-party sellers. That means you won't have to shop at Amazon to get those benefits. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. No longer have to shop through Amazon to get those Amazon Prime benefits. The online retail giant announced Thursday it will allow third-party sellers to offer those benefits through their own stores, which is called Buy with Prime. Right now, Amazon allows retailers to use its shipping and logistics services through the Fulfillment by Amazon service, but this new move allows them the same access even for items they sell through their own sites and not through Amazon comes at a time when Amazon is facing scrutiny for allegedly using data from third-party sellers to develop its own competing products. The company denies it's ever done that, though. And a bright drop driver has set the Guinness World Record for the greatest distance traveled by an electric van on a single charge. Bright drop is a subsidiary of General Motors. It makes commercial electric delivery vans. Driver Stephen Marlin completed the 260-mile trip from New York City to Washington, D.C. He drove a Zevo 600, formerly known as the Bright Drop EV 600. The accomplishment was a collaboration with FedEx, and the trip wasn't just to set a record. The vehicle had an actual delivery to make. It dropped off sustainable cleaning products to an organic market in Washington, D.C. And as the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Paul Graney, you can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox. It's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Follow me on Twitter, too. We can talk over the weekend. For NTD Business, that's all for this week. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.